Welcome to Business with Beers, a podcast for business owners who want to scale their business to massively grow their income and contribution by investing in people, process, and technology. I am your host, Brian Beers. This week, we've got an awesome show with Adam Roach. He is a serial entrepreneur, primarily in the real estate space. He's the founder of the I Love Recruiting Company. In this episode, Adam talks about how to recruit great people to your organization rather than just posting a job ad and waiting passively for people to apply. We talk about how to retain your team by helping them grow and achieve their personal goals. Adam shares what he calls the three amigos, which is a simple line of questioning that gets people to tell the truth about how they feel and what they are truly looking for. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends, rate and comment with your favorite part to help us reach more people. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me, man. Great. Well, you know, it was such an honor to be on your I Love Recruiting podcast a few weeks ago. So I figured, you know, return the favor and hop on mine. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. And uh, actually, I think we had quite a few downloads from your show. I want to say it actually probably broke 6,000 downloads. So that was pretty cool. Did it really? Oh, my God. It did. That's cool. Yeah, I got a few new... Uh, Instagram friend request. So did you good? It's uh, it's all good. So hey, it wouldn't be business with beers if I didn't ask you. We're at a bar, have a cold one. What are we drinking? Oh, that's a great question. Um, probably gonna go Newcastle or Guinness. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go a little darker, it. probably. That's good. Yeah, Guinnesses are, are one of my favorites. So are they cool? Awesome. So share your story, who you are, what you do. Uh, you got a, quite an extensive background. So wherever you want to take it from, it'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was born a Hoosier, raised in Indiana, played collegiate tennis at Indiana University, and then uh, headed off to the, well, what I thought at that time was the uh, the tennis tour, but Lord, little did I know I was an American, not a European, got my butt kicked real quick, and I was done with that tour, which all lasted maybe about a month or two. And then um, SoCal, I ran into some buddies of mine. Decided to stay out there, and myself and a couple other guys, we owned what was called the concession rights from the city of Beverly Hills to all their public tennis courts, and we ran that business. Actually, that business still runs to this day. I'm no longer uh, an equity partner in there. However, it still runs to this day. It's called Beverly Hills Tennis. Huh. I cut my teeth in the recruiting space. I'm sorry, in the real estate space in the early 2000s. I was flipping homes. Didn't really know what I was doing. However, Anybody could fog a mirror at that time. The early 2000s was getting loans. And I'll never forget, I had a buddy of mine that said, listen, you should get into real estate. And I said, I'm a tennis pro. I don't know the first thing about real estate. And they said, all you have to do is, is sign your name and say, you'll, you'll, you'll agree to pay the money back. I was like, okay, great, let's do this. And that was the intro into uh, flipping properties. And uh, that was really fun. They got into general brokerage, uh, uh, true residential sales in Beverly Hills with Beverly Hills Keller Williams in the early uh, actually towards the end of 2000, so as the market was crashing. And then found out real quick that yeah, being an agent was cool. Owning the company was even better. And so I got into franchise ownerships of the Keller Williams Realty franchises and transitioned to Charleston, South Carolina, which is where I live now. And uh, bought up pretty much all the franchises up and down the coast here and then sold them. That was 2013-ish and then sold them all in 2018-19. And in the meantime, there built a software platform in the middle there because my goal was to build these companies big, fast, and strong as I could. I created what was called Recruiting Bridge that has now morphed into what's called the I Love Recruiting Company. So we help real estate companies. We help pretty much just any company on the planet that is growing as it relates to finding talent. 
uh, we help them grow their companies. So just in the real estate space alone, since 2014, we've helped probably over 150,000 agents either transition from one company to another or get into the real estate space. We offer coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, evergreen coaching. Uh, you can go to iloverecruiting.com and check us all out there. That's okay. me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I had a question on the on the KW franchise. You said Charleston. Are they territory based, or you said you were buying them up? Is it? How did they yeah, give that so up? They are territory based. So KWRI, which is the international uh, franchise, or gives you a specific uh, territory. We'll call it that. No one else can come in there and launch a franchise. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so to start, what is the difference between recruiting and just hiring? Is one proactive and one's more passive or what's the difference? Yeah. So in my opinion, a recruiting is I'm going to come after you and you don't know I'm coming after you. You might know I'm coming after you, but you're on my hit list, right? So I'm going to go after you versus you coming to me. Okay, so hiring, so in my opinion, I can go put an ad on Indeed all day long and I can generate a dozen resumes. That's hiring. Okay. So you're more of the headhunter. You, you go after, you have a need from a company and you're going out and you're finding potentially someone for that company or are you just finding good people and then trying to match make to a, a company? A little bit of all the above. So if we say just in the real estate space, what we coach to right now, well, I'll talk about the coaching side. We'll talk about our lead generation side. Um, coaching, what we do is we, we coach people on how to go recruit from other companies. So we'll teach them the art of what we call recruiting. We have a blueprint for that. Uh, it's on the language, it's on the vision. Um, it's about attraction. It's about value add, so on and so forth. And and then in, in the actual lead generation space, this is what we do at the Isle of Recruiting Company, is we get people to raise their hand saying either tell me more about real estate or I'm in real estate school or, hey, I'm that unicorn that's doing $5, $10 million in, in production and I don't like where I am. And we take those leads. So my vision has become the Zillow of recruiting leads. And, and then we sell those to our customers. Okay. And your customers are the brokerage that own these real estate Correct. franchises. Okay. So how important is social media for those companies to, to have that brand? So when someone's looking at them, you know, that public persona, any, any advice on that or coaching? Great question. Absolutely. So perception is reality, Brian. So you, you could have a shitty, excuse the language, you could, you could have a horrible office, but if, if you're, by the way, we're having beers, right? So I can say yep. shitty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Okay, cool. Uh, if you have a horrible office, but yet your perception is on social media that you guys are just kicking ass and taking names and it's super duper fun, people are going to realize that, that that's what it really is, but then they come into it and that's, that's bad. I'll say one of the things that we did when I took over one of the offices here in Charleston, we had 123 agents. And in four years, about three and a half to four years, I grew up to almost 400 agents. We went from doing $300 million uh, in production to nearly a billion dollars in sales from one office. And that was truly from the perception becoming reality that we were eat, sleep, and, eat, sleep, and living our vision statement. Yep. You can have the opposite too, where you got a company who I guess is, you know, maybe they're really awesome, but if they have no social media presence, they have no brand, you know, someone else is looking at them and they think, you know, nothing, yeah. they may not even know about them, right? right. So yeah, it's, it's sure. having that balance, I guess, of both worlds. Um, well, I, I think I'll add a little bit to that, Brian, is... What I have experienced is if, if you're one of my agents in my company, not only are we going to have a, I'll give, I'll say a good social media experience and, and exposure. I'm actually going to teach you how to create that wherewithal of who the company is that you're with on your own site. So now if someone's saying, okay, let's go look at the mothership, but let's go look at all the other players that are inside that mothership and see if there's alignment. I'm, that's what we teach a lot is because third-party verification validation 
is always better than than the word of the mouth of the horse, right? Yep. So when, what you found is the number one reason that people are going to leave wherever they're at to go to where you want them to go. Yeah, you got to ask them. And what I mean by that is seriously, this is one of the scripts that we teach. Hey, Brian, tell me what you did before the role that you're in right now. And here's okay. what they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you, I was in sales or I did this, I did that. And the next question is, well, tell me what took you out of that. And what you're going to hear there is you're actually going to hear them tell you why they're getting ready to leave their current company. Because I had a coach teach me a long time ago, if you're sitting in front of me and I'm with a different brand, I'm with a different company, you're already at a yes and I'm getting ready to talk you out of a no or talk you into a no, right? <laughs> yep. So if I can okay. actually understand why you left your former company, I can then go down that path with questions to say, well, tell me more about your current company. Are you, are you, are you receiving the training? Like, let's just say that you left your former company because the training wasn't good enough or your, your growth wasn't uh, on the trajectory that you wanted or you weren't making enough money, right? He said, and that's why I got into real estate. Cool. So tell me how your training is right now. Oh, it sucks. Mm. Mm. So tell, me, tell me how much money you're making right now. Not enough. Great. Let's have a conversation around that, right? Yep. So there really isn't one size shoe fits all there, Brian. It's, it's literally you get in there and you have to ask questions and curiosity. Uh, when you come from a place of curiosity, you will get all your answers. Yep. And you got to find the pain. Like, what is that pain that they have and what, you know, six human need or how many you want to say that that's not being met. And right. You know, yeah. the more questions you can ask to find that pain, be a pain seeking missile. Uh, and totally. then can you solve it? Right. Maybe you can't, and then it's not a fit, but if, if you can, and you know, it can be a win-win. Well, I, I teach and I coach uh, what we call the four C's of a, or the four corners of a conversation, right? And that looks like this. You take them into what we call a uh, positive present. And that's me affirming what you're doing right now. Congratulations, Brian, man. You are killing it, right? Way to go, way to go. And then you take them into a negative present. Wow, Brian, what would that have looked like if you would have had that? Right. And so that's the negative present. You can take them into a positive or a negative future. Again, those are the four corners. And I would, depending on the appointment, I would define before, uh, and maybe not before, but during the appointment, whether I wanted to leave you in a positive future or a negative future with the question. So, did I want you to go out feeling like, wow, that was an incredible meeting, or holy shit, I've got a lot to learn? Right. Okay. So it depends. It totally depends. Yep. And one question I would I would have your your listeners attempt is if you're in a recruiting space or if you're in an appointment space and you want to know the feeling, right? Know, know the feeling because remember the emotional part of your brain is what's going to make the decision, mm -hmm. not the logical part of your brain. Your the logic part of the brain hears, right? It hears words. The emotional part of the brain does not hear words; it feels, right? So this is a question that I coach all of our clients to. When you get them into a pain space as a, as a pain seeking missile, you said, ask them this question. What about that specifically concerns you? Okay. What right? about, about that, that specifically? specifically? Okay. Yeah. And, the, and then I, I teach them what I call the three amigos. So they'll answer. Don't just take it for face value. Ask what else? Let them answer. What else? Let them answer one more time and then say, is there anything else? And they'll say no. And we call that empty in the bucket. Right, emptying that pain bucket. We want to bring that pain into into the surface and into reality. And as they articulate that, they're like, "Holy shit, this is!" I had no idea that that was even there. So you're kind of a pseudo shrink too. Yep. 
<laughs> and all, all these principles apply to not only recruiting, but just selling in general and, totally. you know, finding out what people are really looking for, whether it's a product or a service or a house or, you know, getting their car fixed, doesn't really matter, right? right? They, they have a need and there's always like a surface level objection that's yep. not totally the truth. And, you know, the, the best salespeople and the best educators and communicators are able to ask those questions to get to that, that deeper level, which is probably the truth, um, right. you know, and possibly something even lower. So I, I think you nailed it right there with, with the word. Well, so John Maxwell, he wrote a book called uh, Everyone Communicates and Few People Connect. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's how do you get into that connection space with someone when you're in a conversation? Again, if it's a quick little um, um, in, in your world, someone brings their car in, right? And someone has to come from curiosity and ask questions and understand what's really going on. And you've got to dive a little bit deeper to connect with that human being. If in the recruiting space and in real estate, if we go right into problem solving, right? I call it the proverbial business card. If I give you a business card, which is a solution, if I give you the business card and it's unwarranted, you didn't ask for it. Where do we put unwarranted or unasked for business card? In our coat pocket, in the trash. And we forget they're in our back pocket and we put it in the washing machine and they're gone, right? However, if I can connect with you, if I'm connecting with you, you will ask me questions. And that's ultimately where we want it to go. Right? We want that end consumer to come to us as the value provider, mm-hmm. not always the problem solver, but the value provider. So you can have self-discovery that, holy shit, Brian's the man and I'm never going to go anywhere else. So what are some of your tips for how to connect more with someone? Yeah, great question. So we have a recruiting equation. This was taught to me by a mentor of mine. And they say it's relationships plus value and validity over time equals self-discovery. And the connection just is asking authentic-based questions. Yep. And you got to be a listener. To connect, you have to be a listener, just like what you just did right there. You heard some of my language, you repeated it back to me, and that that starts to build that connection of, of trust. And you have to have trust in a conversation for communication to actually happen. And with communication, then comes connection. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, a lot of this comes back to the, like how to win friends and influence people and these basic totally. principles of listening to people and being genuinely you know, interested in, in what they have to say. And like you said, being curious and right. uh, showing an authentic um, interest in what they got to say. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what matters to people. So it, it is. And, and where a lot of people fail is they'll get into these conversations and they instantly want to talk about themselves. They instantly want to share their story. They instantly want to integrate them, them themselves into the conversation, which isn't necessary, right? You're sitting in front of me for the reason that we set the appointment for. The, you didn't come in saying, tell me more about Adam Roach. Tell me more about this. If you did, I would answer, but you're not. And so therefore, I'm going to stay in the space of coming from a place of curiosity to understand more about you, understand about the, I call it the value gaps that you have in your world. And, and when you can hear those value gaps, now you know that you, there's, your, there's your value provide that you can solve their problem. And when you can solve someone's problem faster than what they can solve it, you've got, you've got a fan. Yep. That's awesome. So ha- what's some advice you have then? So you recruit people, you got them in their company. What are you going to do to make sure you create this environment that you're now solving the needs so they're not going to leave you once you spend all this time, money, and effort to, to get them on your team? 
Yeah, great question. So you better follow through with what you said you were going to do first and foremost, right? Yep. And you better get them to their goal as fast as possible. Now, there's the key is do you know their goal? Do you understand their motivation behind that goal? Do you understand if that goal is actually something they read in a book or it's attached to a, a real emotion related to the family or related to some life experience that they're really looking to, to have? Um, and when you know that, you're good. This is what I also teach people that we coach and even my own coaches that are in our organization is I want to know what your vision and vision statement truly is, right? Because I have a vision statement. We have a vision statement for the company. It's to, to enable recruiters. And we put an asterisk by the word recruiters uh, to change hundred million lives. And we say that everyone's a recruiter. That's why we put the asterisk there. We actually stole that from Nike. Nike in their vision statement has athlete and they put the word, they put an asterisk next to it and they said, everyone's an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, so you better follow through with what you say you're going to do. Otherwise you're going to be a liar, right? Yep. And you don't want to be known as a liar because all it takes is for one person to leave your organization, regardless of what industry you're in and for them to jump on Yelp or for them to jump on any kind of platform and talk negatively about you, it'll spread seven times faster than actually positive will. Yep. So how do you go about making sure, I mean, that's that everyone in the organization is on board with this and that you have 400 people, mm -hmm. you know, your last company keeping track of all those people and all their goals and are their needs being net or not? I mean, obviously there's a hierarchy approach. Right. Managers have to know what their, uh, the people that lead, lead their goals are and that manager, his supervisor, right? So how did, how did you do in your company or any advice on just the organization of all this for large companies or people wanting to scale? Yeah. So, so, I mean, just like any of the books that we've ever read before related to scale, it's five people, right? You've yep. got you've to surround yourself with five core people and then teach them to go surround themselves with five core people and let that trickle all the way down. Uh, and then eventually you can appeal to the masses that way. So in our organization, we started at a hundred and some agents and, and I had uh, two core people. And then as we expanded that and we were up to the 400 range, we had 18, no, about 12 people on our staff that was called the vision team. And, but there was a hierarchy of that staff. So I still only had roughly about two to three people that reported to me. And then they all had people that reported to them. And I built it all out in an organizational chart. I'm a very visual person and I had to see that and I actually had to future pace it so I could see when we were at uh, 200 and then 400 and then I had it all the way up to 700 and a thousand. Yep. Um, so if you're attempting to do things all with your own shoulders, you're going to fail and you're going to exhaust yourself. Yep. So definitely scale it from the standpoint of leveraging it with other people. Now, long-winded answer, you better have buy-in from your team on what your vision statement is so that they can be in alignment to go find out and, and authentically come from a place of massive contribution to want to help those people. Yep. And the rule is uh, one person can effectively manage five people, right? Roughly, Rough, roughly yeah, maybe six, yeah. maybe seven, maybe four. Probably depends on their, their neediness or their, you know, the requirements of the job. So then do you coach those people then to, to how to manage their team, like the one-on-one -on -one coaching or good documenting or, you know, some people aren't natural managers, right? Mm -hmm. So then how do you go about coaching that, that next level? Well, so we can look at this answer in a few different ways. So we'll go back to the, the last Keller Williams. Well, we'll go to the Keller Williams franchises that I own. So when we had one, it was called the vision team. And then when we had three, it was called the coastal vision team. And that was the leadership of each of the, of the, of the franchises and every individual and every segment or sector, if you will, of that organization 
had what we called big rocks. Okay. Right. And the yep, big tracking. rocks were, were, were the goals. And then as it related to their, their, their sub or their counterparts, they understood the big rocks at their level. Right. And then we kept going all the way down. So again, from an agent perspective, uh, the people that were controlling the bottom portion of the roster, which meant people that were only doing maybe one or two deals, all we wanted from that segment was one more deal. We wanted one more deal from those people. That was it. One more deal. And that just kept going up the food chain, if you will, all the way to me where I was fully solely focused on, uh, profit. Okay. Okay. Um, so, right, you got a lot going on. Real estate investor, you have two podcasts, right? I love recruiting and what real estate rock stars. So, yeah, I was doing, I'm not doing real estate rock stars okay. anymore, but all my focus into the I love recruiting. Company. Gotcha. Okay. That yep. you're, you're obviously a business coach. You've got this recruiting tech empire. So, how do you, how do you leverage your time? What kind of tools do you do to get more done in the same 168 hours that we all do? Humans. <laughs> yeah. It's all, yep. it's, it's, this is it's all people, all, right? That's all, all always people, the answer. Yeah. And, and, um, I have found definitely from from tracking that your greatest ROI will be on a, on a human, right? Because again, the amount that they can get done, um, whether that's virtual, whether that's in house, um, is is second to none. We do have our own platforms for CRM, so we have what's called Exceed X C E E dot I O, and then we have Recruiting Bridge. Uh, we do have our podcast, and, and, there, and there's I'm a, I'm a very compartmentalization type person, so every segment of our organization has its own people right so the podcast has its own crew okay. uh, it has its own crew recruiting bridge has its own crew the coaching has its own crew uh one-on-one -on -one group coaching and then our our evergreen courses they all have their own crews that manage them and then my partner and i we see it at the higher level but then we have operations directors we have salespeople, we have um, support people Okay. I have my own EA and um, uh, PA personal assistant, so it's just humans. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of virtual assistants. You said a lot of remote staff. Yeah, more of the model. We don't than have person. a lot of virtual. Uh, you know, it's funny to say the word virtual because right now everyone's virtual, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we do not have brick and mortar, which is kind of fun, and so yeah, everybody is virtual for the most part. We have people in every time zone. So we have salespeople in time zone and then we have support in time zones. And then our marketing is that of a, a virtual person. Okay. Yeah. Any software, you said you had your own software or any other software you use to help manage all the remote staff? Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's our, that's our system called exceed. Okay. That's that. um, yep. and, and exceed literally it's, 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 what's the best way to describe it? It's a task functioning CRM as well. So everybody okay. will have their own unique tasks in there. I use Poplet, P-O-P-P-L-E-T. Okay. Um, that's, that's something that's a mind mapping. I call it my brain dumping space. Uh, actually, I actually was just playing on it yesterday with, with, uh, my own EA and, and we were just walking through the, the, the steps of, of certain things. Right. So I'm a huge fan of pop. -up. Okay. You have to check that out. We just started using ClickUp. Have you heard mm, of that heard one? heard of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were looking for some sort of task to-do list, you know, dependencies, recurring remote right. staff and, uh. We were using Slack for a lot of communication, but then we found we were using Slack to do to-dos and reminders, and um, we wanted more an automated solution. So. Yeah, Trello. We use Trello a lot. Okay. Yep. In the beginning, when we were launching this company, we used Trello a lot. Yep. Yeah. What's some of the What's the biggest challenge you face today? More humans. <laughs> I mean, seriously, more more humans. Um, 
Right now we have, we have a goal and that's to have 10 coaches uh, by the end of June that'll each have 10 clients. Uh, right now we're halfway there, which is really good. Uh, we do have a waiting list of coaches that want to come on board with us, which, which is good. However, I'm, I'm scaling, uh, I'm scaling slowly so that again, it's, it, it stays in alignment with our culture, number one, and that I'm a huge fan of hiring slow and firing fast. So I want to make sure that you're the right candidate related to if you're coming into our world as a coach uh, with your vision, your values and your beliefs and no judgment there. I mean, everybody can have their own. And at the end of the day, though, if you're not in alignment with ours, just not the right fit. How, how do you get to the truth with them? Is it the similar pain seeking missile strategy of hows and whys and tell me mores? And yeah, well, I have, I have a whole be happy to share it with anybody. Happy to share it with you. You can give it to whoever you want. I have a deep dive script. Uh, and that deep dive script is super duper simple. You know, it's, Hey, tell me what your goals are. What's important to you about those goals? Why is that important? What's important to you about that? And what do you ultimately get when all that happens? Okay. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll email you for it. Throw the it. three Sounds... amigos in there and you're, you're, you're <laughs> 20 questions deep already. Three amigos. What else? What else? And is that it? Is that the three? What else? What else? Is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else? Okay, great. Uh -huh. That's a good one. Um, Hey, so successful people have a commitment to good habits that they execute daily. Uh, do you, do you have any that you good habits or rituals that you kind of do that you attribute to your success? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I attribute to the success. However, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pulling something out to show you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, these are, these are my, these are my life. These are my life really. So a couple of things I track on a daily basis. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. So I track, track daily expenses. Uh, so my P and L is updated on a daily basis. I just, I'm a huge profit margin guy. So I like to see the profit margin. Uh, I'm a big gym guy. I enjoy going to the gym and, and there's a reason behind that without getting into the details. Uh, my, my father passed when he was only 69 and he was a, in my opinion, in my own eyes, a pure athlete, right. But he, he passed of Parkinson's and, and complications from that. And so my, my goal, I'm 44, he was 69. That basically means I have 25 years left, which kind of scares the shit out of me. So I'm like, I'm gonna stay as healthy as it can be. So I literally track every day uh, myself going to the gym and I've done it for years. And so I'm just constantly tracking uh, where, where we are. I know that I have to get to the gym this year, 22 times a month. Um, and right now we are at 73 times for the year. The goal is to get to 260, right? Yep. So it's, it's, it's all tracked right here. Uh, this is a journal. So every, every day I'm constantly journaling to release. And, and what I'm releasing here are my, I say in the positive, right? Yep. Uh, and sometimes I'll, I'll write negative stuff in here, but, but more times than not, I'm focusing on my three wins and my three gratitudes, right? So what were my three wins from yesterday? Stay in that space. And then what, what are my three grat gratitudes for? And I'm not talking about just the air and the sun, the grass, you know, I'm really getting deep. Like for example, we had a, we had a, my, my, my kids play high level tennis. And so we were traveling and, and I wrote in there, um, Hey, grateful for the Wright brothers, right? I mean, these guys created these airplanes so we don't have to drive all the way to California uh, and, and kind of put some seriousness behind it. Imagine what it would what life would be like if those guys hadn't been in the airplane. Maybe taking the trains everywhere, I guess, huh? Yeah, hopefully we'd have like the bullet trains here. Yeah, so, that's cool. So that, that's it. Um, you know, I, I, I track food, but not, not crazily. I used to be a raw food guy when I lived in Los Angeles. Mm. Now I'm a, I live in the South, so pretty much seems to be everything's fried. But hey, listen, I think as long as I go to the gym, I'll be fine, right? There you go. Yeah. Uh, any book recommendations you're reading now or would recommend? Yeah, so I just finished the book Experience, which um, uh, is, is not an older book, but it's not a newer book. This was really neat. 
Okay. Uh, this is all about the Disney experience. Um, so how did how does Walt Disney or how did Walt Disney and then how does Disney now uh, make itself the, the 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 greatest place on the planet? Right, which is really good. Who not how we just finished. Yep. That was another great book. Yep. Uh, the book before that was called Inner Size. That right there, Brian was that was a book that whew, that What's was that was a, that was a damn good book. I haven't heard of that one. What's it about? it's take the word exercise and take out X and put inner and enter it up here. Okay. So it's all inner size in your brain. Okay. Uh, how to, how to exercise your brain, how to remove patterns, how to understand patterns, how to understand that your brain does not want you to succeed, right? Your brain is actually there to keep you alive and, and, and keep you energy efficient. So why do we not hit our goals? Sometimes your, your brain will actually sabotage you from hitting goals because it takes energy and effort to actually get there. And in the book, they call it, I think they call it like the, the 500 pound gorilla is your, is your subconscious that stops you from hitting your goals. Yeah. The other thing I've read and experienced, it's a kind of the questions you ask, right? Which is like, how could they do this to me? Or you have a, or, you know, you have a negative question, you get a negative answer, you have a positive, Hey, what can I learn from this? Or what am I grateful for? How can I do better next time? Right. You, then you'll get it you'll get that answer, right? It's going to give you whatever you, you ask it. So. Well, and that kind of goes back to the journaling, why I journal my, my three wins, right? Yep. So, so staying in that space of uh, progression, growth, whatever it is. I mean, as, as a, as a former tennis player and as someone that is still coaching my kids mentally, I'll say um, there's no point of worrying about the point you just lost. Right. I mean, what can you do about it? You can't yep. do anything about it. You can only learn from it. And if you're so pissed off that you lost the point, you're smashing your racket. You didn't learn anything, right? You just you're just frustrated. And you're releasing. And uh, I'll, I'll give a great little silly example about that. My son was playing in a tournament, and he was smoking this kid, and um, was up five one in the first set, and he wound up winning the first set, but barely at six four. And he was so frustrated at himself that he had given up those additional three games. The second set, he was mentally gone, just just lost it. He was yeah. on empty. And, and he could not contain himself because all he was doing was worrying about how bad he was playing, right? And then during the third set changeover, I walked over to him and, and just had to, I had to have, I had to let him have a release, right? So I had to scare him a little bit. Okay. And, and, I, and I got into his head. I was like, I don't know who you think you are out here acting like this, but this isn't how we act. Uh, how would... And I use some examples and stuff like that. And now he's bawling, right? He's Niagara Falls. But I'm not being that dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm helping him have a release. Okay. And, and I, and I knew I was controlled here and I knew what I was doing and, and sure as shit, he released. And then he started focusing on the positives and the third set, he beat the kid 10, two in a tiebreaker. Okay. Again. But he had to have a release, right? Yep. We yep, all have other, to have a release. Yep. Otherwise it's going to continue to go down. So yes, yeah, so journaling is a great way. Exercising's, you know, a great way. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to have, you got to have a plan and agenda. Otherwise you're, you're not going to, and you're not going to get anything accomplished. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, totally. So what's next for you? I mean, the recruiting business, just getting going this tech platform, a hundred million people that that's the, that's the horizon. Anything else in your future? That's about it. Nope. That's our singular focus, right? We want to grow this to as big, fast and strong as we can. We've got a hundred million people that we want to get to. We've got a hundred million dollars in revenue. Um, and then helping the kids, uh, achieve their goals. You know, that, yeah. that's, that's really my focus right now is, is watching these. And that's the beauty of, in my opinion, Brian building companies, uh, passive income, uh, you got, you got that horizontal income as you're an entrepreneur and building these companies. That's, I mean, 
We're flying to Kansas City coming up. We're going to be in Georgia, and and they're ten and twelve. And now I get to spend time with them to go do these things, and the income still comes in, which is nice uh, to be able to live now a life worth living, right? And then again, that's that's just my own words there. I'm not knocking anybody that just has vertical income. What I am saying though is is my focus is to be with my kids as much as possible because yep. ten and twelve, they're gone in six and eight years. Yep. Then what the hell am I gonna do with myself? I better like myself or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so for those who don't, vertical income is what trading your time for money. You, know, you work so many hours, you get paid so much. You just right. go on vacation, maybe you're not getting paid versus horizontal is, you know, it's not time for money. You buy assets, those assets, whether it's a business or real estate, those assets then produce cash flow and hopefully appreciate why you're able to en- enjoy life. And um, but you gotta set up systems and processes and hire lots of humans, as as you said, to help uh, you know, help achieve their goals too so yeah we got to be careful with that horizontal income uh someone's explaining to me one time they're like yeah it's money you make while you're laying down i was like hmm i think there's probably other professions that make money while they're laying down that's still considered vertical income (laughs) (laughs) that's great what uh where can listeners connect with you find out more about adam roach and i love recruiting Yep, they can do um uh and come to to iloverecruiting.com they can follow us uh uh, i.love.recruiting on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. It's just Adam R. Roach. You can go, go, go hang out with us in Facebook. It's called the art of recruiting is our group. Uh, actually, I think we're three away today from hitting the thousand mark of, of people in that group and whoever the lucky thousands per person is before I came on here, we were three away. Um, I'm going to give them a free, a free 30 minute coaching call. So anybody listening wants to go jump in there. I don't know when this is going to drop, but if it drops in the next, next hour or so, they might be the one, yeah, but otherwise, okay. yeah, I doubt it. Um, so yeah, they, they can go to any of those places. You can email me, Adam at I love recruiting.com. I'm happy to answer any recruiting questions. I believe recruiting transcends business. So this isn't just for the real estate space. It's literally anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you are looking to find and grow talent. Great. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on and I wish you the best of luck. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Business with Beers. My goal with every episode is to help inspire you to reach new levels of success in your own business and life. So start taking action today. And in order to help this podcast reach more people, please rate, review, and share. To connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, have a great day.